Top three items on today's Cigar Dave show. Number one, sex. Get more of it for your health. Number two, climate change kooks and hypocrites, front and center. And number three, it's the economy, stupid. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by Davidoff of Geneva and their Avo portfolio of cigars, including the Avo Heritage, crafted through centuries of traditions. Avo Heritage was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar with strength, complexity, and impeccable smoothness. Savor every note of the spice-laden Avo Heritage, available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And by Gurkha the world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha Revenant. The five-country fusion of exceptionally aged tobaccos will immediately jumpstart your senses for a cigar journey that only Gurkha can deliver, offered in both Corojo and Maduro presentations. Fire up a new Gurkha Revenant today. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. This is the Cigar Dave Show with the General. Locked and loaded as always, it is your global five-star general, Alpha Male and Chief Cigar Day front and center for Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers. And it is also AMPM, that is Alpha Male Pride Month. If you are a fellow Alpha Male, take pride. Raise our flag. Our, our, I was just thinking, what should our flag be? We need a special flag. And I think it should be a giant pair of titanium nads just hanging there. So that all the wussified betas can watch and just be dreaming that they too could be strong alpha males such as you and I. As always, I extend to you my long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw the taxocrats. And screw the libs that are destroying the economy, destroying the strength of America, and the fabric of America. I'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about the economy, stupid. First up, before I get into, well, actually, let's start with sex. I don't think you can have any other, any better topic than to start off with sex. And let's face it, there's so much bad news going around. Every time you look around, there's bad news. Biden has turned everything in this country into the world to shit. So we need something good. As soon as I say Biden turning everything to shit, my canine Pendragon's Royal Baron goes absolutely crazy. Right on cue. He even knows that Biden is an absolute disaster. It's okay, Baron. It's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Red Wave 2024 in November, the Republicans are taking over, and President Trump will be coming back in 2024. 24. Correction, it's 2022 red wave for the midterms, and then President Trump comes back in 2024. You see, as soon as I say that, my German Shepherd Baron all of a sudden is calm, relaxed. You tell him, I got to whisper this, Joe Biden, he goes crazy. Democrats, goes crazy. But first up, let's talk about an enjoyable subject, a pleasant subject. Let's talk about sex. Headline that grabbed my attention. Sex helps men live longer and has surprising health benefits for women, too. I have always said, you got to keep the pipe, pipes moving. It's like plumbing. In your house, if you go away for the winter, for the summer, and you stop putting water through those lines for three months, six months, a year, what happens? 
Everything kind of dries up, gets cracked, starts cracking. The next thing you know, you got a pipe burst. Not good. Even when you go away, you should have somebody at your house run the water every few days. It's the same thing with your sexual maneuvers. It's very important you keep the sexual pipes properly lubricated in more ways than one and keep things moving. Sexual activity with a partner or without a partner can provide important psychological and emotional benefits like exercise, sex can help reduce stress and anxiety and increase happiness. Why do you think they call it a happy ending? They don't call it a bad ending, a miserable ending. No, it's a happy ending. According to WebMD, a study with a 10-year follow-up was conducted in South Wales, UK. Researchers wanted to examine the relationship between frequency of orgasms and mortality. You know, I don't even need, I can tell you the end, before even looking at the results, I could have told you. Just common sense says the more sex you have, the longer, and ha- the longer you will live, the happier you will be. Study took place from 1979 to 1983 with 918 men aged between 45 and 59. The men were given physical exams that included a medical history, blood pressure reading, electrocardiogram, and cholesterol screenings. They were also asked about the frequency of orgasms. Ten years later, they followed up. It was found that the mortality risk was 50% lower among men who had frequent orgasms, defined as in the study as two or more per week, than among men who had orgasms less than once a month. Wait a minute. Less than once a month? I mean, that would, the harem would not be happy with that. In it, and I wouldn't be happy with that. Must have ample happy endings. Let's keep those pipes, men. Keep those pipes properly lubricated. It's good for your prostate. The more sex you have, good for your prostate. Keeps everything clear. And for women, this is why you should bang your harem, your harem of one, your mistress, the wife, several wives if you live in Utah. This is why you should also bang the, mis- the, the, the women in your life. Because sexual activity in women can improve fertility, relieve menstrual and premenstrual cramps, build stronger pelvic muscles, help produce more vajayjay vaj- lubrication, and potentially protect women against endometriosis or the growing of tissue outside their uterus. Carissa Cook, relationship psychotherapist, said many people do not recognize the vast array of health benefits sex has. Now, I can tell you right off the bat, we alpha males know the benefits of frequent sexual activity. We know that you should have horizontal pleasure maneuvers with your harem, no matter how large or small it may be. Now, psychologically, the relationship psychotherapist, Carissa Cook, that I quoted earlier, said that sex is about bonding and connection. Nothing brings you closer to your harem, whether it's one or 32, than horizontal banging pleasure maneuvers. So I am looking out for you, and in addition to your overall well-being, it improves our ability to focus and think analytically. Therefore, as your global five-star general, I am imploring you 
Actually, I am ordering you. These are orders you will want to follow, that you should have pleasure maneuvers with your harem, the wife, the mistress, mistresses, however many that you may have, on a regular basis. In fact, two, three, four times a day is not out of the question. Because again, think about this. If you have sex twice a week and you live, the risk of mortality is 50% less. Think about if you have sex three, four, five times a day. It technically should be 100% less. You should technically live forever by banging hot dames on a regular basis. So remember, gentlemen, live longer. Have more sex. It's good for your dames as well. This has been a public service of your global five-star general and alpha male-in-chief. The International Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony comes your way next. I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, with all the bad news circulating around the country, around the world, let us take a few minutes to enjoy ourselves as alpha males, to fire up a fine cigar, to fire up the libation of your choice, where we can feel like a king for a reasonable amount of money. Yes, inflation is going crazy. I will talk about that later on in the show. Inflation numbers were announced yesterday. 100% bullshit in terms of the inflation rates. I'll get into it later. They said I think the inflation rate went up 1% to about 9% in May. Numbers are far higher, and I'll talk about that a bit later. But think about this. You can still, for 6 7 $8, go out and get yourself a fine premium hand-rolled cigar. For anywhere between 2 3 $4, you're going to get a nice cup of espresso, a nice cup of coffee, a nice libation, a shot of whiskey, a shot of tequila, gin, whatever your libation of choice is. You can enjoy yourself for an hour and a half where we don't have to hear about the bullshit from the politicians. We don't have to hear about the nonsense going on in Ukraine. We can sit back, we can enjoy ourselves. We can become immersed in the aroma and the pleasure that a simple cigar and a libation can bring us. So without further delay, I will enjoy during the International Litation Ceremony today, the Davidoff Millennium Blend Toro. It's a beauty. Six inches in length, 50 ring gauge, Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, but it is a really, really nice dark wrapper is the special 151 wrapper the 151 dark intense multifaceted it is a hybrid wrapper so it's ecuadorian connecticut 
but using the 151 seed. So you get a very unique, flavorful wrapper. The binder, the filler, all from the Dominican Republic. Some beautiful Olor, some Lajero, some San Vicente. Very pleasant. This is a rich cigar. This is on a scale of, I would say, 1 to 10. This is going to be about a 7 or 8. You're going to get some nice roasted coffee notes. You're going to get some nice dark chocolate notes. Just a very earthy, hearty cigar. Now, this is not an inexpensive cigar. I will tell you that right off the bat. To me, this is a good special occasion cigar. You're talking about $28 for the suggested retail. $28.20 to be specific. So this is not the type of cigar that you are going to maybe smoke on a regular basis. This is a cigar that you will enjoy on special occasions. We're now in graduation season. We are coming up to summer, so there's weddings. There's other events that are coming up. This would be the type of cigar to really celebrate something, a big achievement, something monumental, something obviously very happy in nature. So the Davidoff Millennial Toro Sungrown is what I will enjoy today. An absolute beauty of a cigar. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Well, I've got my very unique V-cut wedge cutter. What happens is there is a mechanism, a spring release on the bottom. Take a listen. It releases the blades one on a giant track, and there is an opening. You put the cap of the cigar into the opening, and then, boom, it gives you a nice wedge or cat's eye or V-cut. That's what I will use today on this super special, super premium Davidoff Millennium Toro. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. I have from the Cigar Dave R&D Labs. I enjoyed this last week. This is the grenade. Why? It looks like a grenade. One giant single flame. Shoots out about uh, four or five inches. Massive fuel tank. Massive amount of British thermal units, BTUs, to properly ignite and uh, cause the cigar uh, to cause combustion. That's what I will use today. Cigar, cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Okay, I've now released the blades. The V cutter, the wedge eye, or cat's eye, and I'm going to place the head of the cigar into the rounded opening on this cutter. And one, two, three. Boom. Perfect cut. I'm going to release it one more time to get rid of any of the shavings. And now I will gently toast the foot of this beautiful Davidoff Millennium Toro. Taking my time. This wrapper, this sun-grown wrapper, the 151 Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, magnificent. Just beautiful. Shiny, oily. The aroma of this wrapper is beautiful. Just a masterpiece. All right, I've got the wrapper properly toasted. Now I will toast the binder and the filler, taking my time. I do not allow the flame to actually touch the, wrap, the filler and, and um, binder leaves. Why? I want heat to cause combustion, not the actual flame itself. So now I have toasted the foot of the cigar. 
Got a nice orange amber glow. I will puff and rotate, taking my time. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Delicious. Oh yeah, nice draw. Wonderful flavors. Dark chocolate espresso right off the bat. Mmm. Mmm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh. Beautiful. Let me blow on the foot of the cigar. I've got about 75% of the foot showing a nice amber glow. We need all 100% so that the cigar does not burn unevenly and canoe. So we will just continue to toast a little bit. Perfect. Now I'll puff and rotate. Mm-hmm. Don't need much. Perfect. Even amber glow. I will take one puff out. I'm just going to let the cigar sit for a few seconds. And as I do, this millennium, to me, if you're looking for a rich, fuller-flavored cigar, and let's face it, Davidoff has really expanded their portfolio. Whether you want the Davidoff Yamasa, you want the Davidoff Nicaragua, the portfolio from Davidoff is not the just same old mild cigars. For many years, it was known as a mild, mild medium. But the palette or the available cigars for any, every palette in the portfolio, the Davidoff portfolio, highly expanded, absolutely magnificent. And this Davidoff Millennium sometimes gets tossed uh, in the background because there's so many great sticks from Davidoff. But this cigar really loads of flavor as I take a few puffs here. Mm. It's one of the best sellers for Davidoff, but many people forget about it because the Davidoff Nicaragua, let's face it, that has just gone gangbusters since that was released. And many of the other newer cigars that they've released, but this is just a fabulous cigar. Now I need the proper beverage accompaniment. I need something that is going to pair up harmoniously, to quote the great Ava Uvesian. So without any further delay... Scotch, bourbon, and beer commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. I told you that the Davidoff Millennium Sungrown had some nice notes of dark chocolate and espresso. So what better to pair with this Davidoff Millennium Sungrown than espresso? Now this comes from Honduras. The beans that I get for this come from Honduras. Very, very close to the... Florida Copan Factory in Honduras. Excellent coffee, very unique, and I have a supply to get my beans, and I uh, grind them in my grinder so it's nice and fresh. I put them in my espresso brewer, and voila. Let me take a sip. Mmm. Beautiful, warm, nice notes on this. Very unique. The first time I had Honduran coffee was when I went to visit the Florida Copan factory in Santa Rosa de Copan. Got to be maybe 17, 18 years ago. And what's interesting is as, as you're driving to the factory, you see along the side of the road all these trees with these, looks like red cherries. They're not cherries. Those are coffee beans. People don't realize coffee is a fruit, not a vegetable. It is a fruit. They take those cherries and then they dry them and then they roast them and ultimately it becomes the coffee beans that we're familiar with. So I was able to sample some of the coffee and it blew me away how smooth, tasty, just complex it was. You don't think about Honduras for coffee, but absolutely magnificent. Let me take another sip. 
Mm. Now, espresso always should be enjoyed black. Don't put milk in your espresso. I don't put milk in my in my coffee. Black, however, I do put a bit of sweetener, not to make it sweet, but just to take out a bit of the bitterness. So, for example, in my espresso here, which is a double shot, I use two drops of liquid stevia. That's it. I still am getting the natural coffee taste. I'm getting the actual full-bodied explosion on my palate, but I've just cut some of the bitterness. But I see people that will take sugar packets or sweet and low and put three, four of them in their coffee, or they'll just sit there with the with those sugar, those jars, and just pour it and pour it. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want the natural flavor of the coffee. I just want to reduce a little bit of the bitterness, take out some of the edge without any sweetness, and that's exactly what I've done. So as I take a puff, of my Davidoff Millennium Sun-Grown. Mmm, beautiful. And then take a sip of my Honduran Freshly Brewed Espresso Double Shot. And as you can see, Baron very jealous because he doesn't get any espresso. Mmm, lovely. Mmm. Sorry, Baron, you don't get any coffee. You just get ice water. That's it. No coffee for you. No coffee, Baron. That's just how it is. But he does love the aroma of cigars. That's why he's just come right next to me to get some of the wonderful aroma coming off this Davidoff Millennium sun-grown beautiful Toro. All right. So the International Cigar Litation Libation Ceremony is complete. When we return, the climate change kooks and hypocrites are out and about. Front and center, we will get to them and expose them around the corner. Question I receive most from connoisseurs. General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer. Right now, it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers, a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. But what is unique about the Gurkha Revenant? It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're going to get some unique sweetness. You're going to get some unique spice. The San Andres Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied balance smoke. Try one of each. You can't go wrong. The brand-new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andres Maduro wrapper. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. The hoax known as climate change. That's all we seem to hear about. We need to get uh, reliance off uh, of fossil fuels. We need to we need to get rid of fossil fuels. We need to transition to a clean economy. We need more windmills. We need solar. We need to go to electrified vehicles. We have to make sure that our planet goes down one degree in the next 20 years, one degree Celsius, or the whole world will just explode. It'll evaporate. As Al Gore said, the world's got the flu. If we don't do something, the world's going to have a bad temperature. Now, he said that like 40 years ago, and yet here we are still standing. Here we are, and I'm just looking outside here from Command Center Alpha, Humidor 1A in the Cigar City. The sun is shining. We've got some towering cumulus that are building. We are in the summer rainy season. But as I look around, everything seems to be normal. I'm breathing the air, no problem. Out and about, feel the nice warmth of the sun. We're all living, we're all surviving, despite every proclamation that 10 years from now the earth is going to end 
We heard it 40 years ago. We heard it 30 years ago. We heard it 20 years ago. We heard it 10 years ago. We're hearing it today. We got to do something immediately. How about Greta Thunberg? Little Greta, how dare you? How dare you? The earth is going to destroy the little children. How dare you? Climate change is a hoax. There is no, absolutely, no ifs, ands, or buts. And how do we know this? And I always say, people say, well, how do you, the science shows, how do I know this? If climate change was such the real threat, the real hazard to the future of the human race, of the future of humans in general, then tell me, why is it that Barack Obama, Mr. The Sea Levels Are Rising, and if we don't do anything, the coasts will be buried, tell me why he goes and spends $13 million on a Martha's Vineyard estate on the water at sea level. Now again, if he's so concerned that all the coastal areas are going to be overcome with flooding in a few short years, you would think somebody wouldn't invest $13 million in a property that's going to be gone in a few short years. Well, the answer we know is bullshit. Because there is no climate change nonsense. It's a hoax. And what scientists are finding is that the Earth, as we know, has been around for millions of years. Maybe if Bernard Sanders would quote the late uh, Carl Sagan, he'd say, the Earth has been around billions and billions of years. Billions. We have billionaires who have lived on the planet for billions of years. All these people screaming and jumping up and down and getting into hysterics that if we don't contain carbon fuels and emissions, we're going to end as we know as a species. The world won't be here for our children, our grandchildren. The earth has been around for billions of years. Tell me it is there were hurricanes that existed on this planet even before there were cars, even before oil was even used in our daily lives? The answer is climate change is a natural phenomenon. The climate does change on a regular basis. It goes through cycles. They're finding now maybe every 10, 20, 30, 40 years, maybe even longer, where the, the, the earth heat can rise and then it goes, it, the temperature lowers. Remember, the earth at one time was loaded with glaciers, was just frozen. But over millions of years, climate change took place. Remember, this was before there was even a car, a plane, a boat, or a motorcycle, or a lawnmower using a gas-powered engine ever being used. But they never tell you that. They will never tell you that because they are dishonest. Climate change is about wealth transfer. The wealthiest people will use climate change to enrich themselves, make life more expensive for you, while their bank account increases exponentially. Al Gore was a nobody before he went on this climate change tangent. Next thing you know, he's worth a couple of hundred million dollars. When we take a look at this climate change hoax, where people are saying, oh, we need more solar, we need more windmills, we need alternative power generation. Who's getting wealthy? Well, right now we know that China is, that's for sure, because China builds all the solar panels. But everywhere you look around, there's always a money trail. Follow the money. 
Who is getting wealthier? And now we see that in New Zealand, the government there, the ultra-leftist government, has created a plan to tax cow and sheep burps. I kid you not. I cannot make this up. There are over 5 million people in New Zealand. It's not a big country. There are 10 million cattle and 26 million sheep. And apparently that half the country's total greenhouse gas emissions come from agriculture, mainly methane. That is animal flatulence and animal burps. I remind you that cows and animals were probably here long before we humans were. They've been on the planet for ages. They were here long before there was any sort of mechanized farming that used gasoline or oil or fuel. Cows have been just chewing grass and emitting methane ever since. It's natural. It's part of our ecosystem. But now we see the climate change hoaxers are saying that we need to cut the amount of methane we're putting into the atmosphere. And the way to do that is to create an effective emissions pricing system for agriculture that will achieve the goals. The New Zealand climate change minister, James Shaw, said that if we don't, we must act now. And of course, the money that is raised, again, follow the money. It's always about the money. The plan would incentivize farmers who reduce emissions through feed additives while planting trees on farms that could be used to offset emissions. And the money raised from their little tax scheme will be invested, again, invested, in research, development, and advisory services for farmers. Now, who do you think is going to benefit from the research, development, and advisory services for farmers? You got it. The wealthy, the elite, those at the top of government. It is all about wealth transfer. So now, every year, these farms are going to get taxed, and those prices will get passed along to consumers, of course. And that will create this giant fund that will be doled out to those in power, to the elitists, the globalists, all in the name of research, development, and advisory services. The only thing that is going to be developing is the large size of the elitists and bureaucrats' bank accounts. You've got to be kidding me that these people are worried about cow burps because it's the second most common greenhouse gas after carbon dioxide? What do you think we as humans, when we are breathing, what do we exhale? Carbon dioxide. So should every human stop breathing right now? I think not. And this is nothing more again. It's a climate hoax, and what are we going to hear? Well, if we would go to plant-based diets, then we could reduce the methane and the greenhouse gases. Next time you're in the supermarket, take a look at the ingredients in artificial meat, Beyond Meat and these other brands. Read it. It's soy. It's sodium. It's 10 chemicals you can't even pronounce. Far worse than eating natural meat, poultry, fish or pork. And I guarantee you that none of the elitists, Al Gore's not going to be going to a vegan diet. All these other people, they, they want you to go to a vegan diet 
They'll still eat at great steakhouses. They'll laugh at you. Ah, those peasants, we fooled them again with climate change and the hoax. They won't stop flying in their private jets. They won't stop living in their mansions. And here's a perfect case in point. What have we heard from Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, who both repulsed me? I mean, Prince Harry is a fucking pussy. Talk about a beta cuck. The way he just fawns over Meghan Markle and the way he takes a submissive role to her, it's incredible. If you look... There's, uh, there are body language experts. When you look at a man, man and a woman, man should be standing straight and upright, should not be leaning into his woman. The woman should be leaning into the man. That's not sexist. That's just the way that nature works. When you see, look at a picture of Will Smith. Every picture of Will Smith with, with his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, is always with Jada Smith either sitting straight upright or standing upright and Will Smith leaning into her at an angle. Draw a line. Take a line through the top of their head down through their body. You'll see that Jada Pinkett Smith straight up. You will see that Will Smith always at an angle, 20 degrees, 30 degrees, 40 degrees. Every picture, that is very telling. That is body language that is telling you who the alpha is and who the beta is. And every picture with Prince Harry, I don't know, what's his real name? Harry Winston, Harry, Sergeant Steve, do me a favor. Can you go ahead and, uh, I think Windsor. I think it's Harry Windsor is his real name. He's not a prince anymore. It's Harry Windsor. Henry Charles Albert David, Duke of Sussex, Earl of Dumbarton, Baron Kilkeel, former Prince Harry of Wales. Uh-huh. Nice titles. And, and he gets to dress the funny, the, you know, wear the funny little uniforms without the medals, like Prince Charles. Like, what has Prince Charles done? He wears that red outfit with all the medals. What has he ever done for those medals? Nothing. Sperm lottery. That's it. So Harry Winston, formerly known as Prince Harry, Meghan Markle. Every picture, it is Harry who is always leaning into her. He's a wussified beta. They attended the 96th birthday of Queen Elizabeth II in London. Now, because they are so concerned about the environment, climate change, in fact, they have been pontificating for years about people and the planet, the fact that people must look after the environment, that climate change was one of the most pressing issues. In fact, Harry... Harry Windsor, formerly known as Princess Harry, characterized climate change as one of the most pressing issues facing mankind. And on last year's Oprah interview that he did with Oprah Winfrey, he said that he wanted to face the issue head-on and later committed to offsetting his carbon emissions for all flights he took. He said, we need to do better about stopping or allowing the things that are causing so much harm to so many of us at the source rather than being distracted by the symptom. So Harry committed a year ago saying, I am going to do more. We must do more for the environment. We must tackle climate change. We must tackle these problems head on. And I, formerly known as Prince Harry, am committed, committed to offsetting all the carbon emissions, which is another little scheme. Oh, I'm going to buy 
whatever, 10 carbon offsets or 2,000 pounds of carbon offsets. That's the biggest crock of bullshit ever created on the planet. This is nothing more than allowing the wealthy to continue to fly privately. And I have nothing wrong with that. I've flown privately many times. No problem. But you don't hear me saying, oh, we shouldn't be flying private. We should be watching the emissions. I say, drive an SUV, fly private, make sure you keep your grill, your smokers going, keep your air conditioners at 68. We got plenty of fuel. Don't worry about it. The United States was gifted vast amounts, huge reserves, more reserves of natural gas than anywhere else in the world. Is the Biden administration tapping it right now? Hell no. So what did Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, did they, how did they fly back? Well, I should say, how do they commute back from London to Southern California? They have a house, a $13 million house in, I think it's Montecito, California. How did they travel back? Did they travel back in a sailboat with zero emissions? The answer to that would be no. Did they travel commercial? Therefore, spreading using far less carbon emissions than anyone else? No. How did they travel? Sergeant Steve, would you like to take a guess? How Harry Winston, formerly known, or Harry Winston, Harry Windsor, formerly known as Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, how they traveled back to Southern California from London? Did they take a hot air balloon, maybe? They did not take a hot air balloon. No, but that would have been more carbon efficient, apparently. I'll give you another guess. Private air transportation? You would be correct. You, if this was the price is right, you would be in the showcase showdown. That is correct. They flew a Bombardier Global 6000, which is an ultra-long-range international jet that can travel 6,000 miles without fueling. Room for 13 passengers, including a private stateroom, nice little bed, so the 5,500-mile trip from Farnborough, England to Santa Barbara aboard the Bombardier Global 6000 emitted 60 tons of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. 60 tons. Now remember, Harry and Markle said that they want to do their part to contribute to the lowering of global warming to make sure that climate change does not rampage the earth. And how do they show that? Now, they could have gone commercial using only 1.5 tons per year, or 1.5 tons per person. No, they used 60 tons. Do as I say, not as I do. Okay for them to travel privately, but if you want to travel privately, hell, if you want to drive an SUV with a gas engine, oh, you're evil. How dare you? You're contributing. It's these same jackoffs like Harry and Meghan Markle and Al Gore and John Kerry that tell everyone else how to, how to live their lives, that if we don't do something immediately, this planet's going to go to hell. And yet, they don't change their lifestyle one iota. John Kerry flies privately all over the place. Al Gore, he may tell you, well, I drive a Prius. Wonderful. He still has multiple... I think uh, homes that are 12, 13,000 square feet using way more power and carbon, uh, carbon fuel than any. See, as soon as I say Al Gore or Democrat, Pendragon's royal baron goes, Baron, it's okay. Baron, come here. It's okay. Al Gore will not come into power again. His days are numbered. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Good boy. Once I say mention a Democrat, Biden. 
I'm going to start talking like Biden. I'm Joe Biden. I'm your brain dead president. I have to whisper because if I say Biden or Gore too loud, Barron is going to go crazy again. He just doesn't like the Lib Dems and socialists and Mark. If I say Bernie Sanders, all hell breaks loose. So I got to keep it on the down low. But these are the same people that spew on a regular basis how you should live your life. Make sure in the summer your air conditioning is not at 68 or 70. Right, take it up to 78. Guarantee you go into their house, it's 70. Nice and cool and comfortable. You shouldn't be driving a gas-powered car or SUV. But these are the same people that don't have one gas-powered SUV. They have a fleet. They have a motorcade of three, four people taking them everywhere. These are the same people that say that private air transportation shouldn't be used by people. You should be more efficient. They want to go after the airlines. They should have electrically powered planes. Yet, they'll still keep flying in their jet fuel powered planes. Again, if the earth was ready to go down the tubes, all these people that jump up and down and exclaim that we have to do something about climate change immediately. It's urgent. If we don't do anything now, the earth is going to hell. If that were true, they would stop their lifestyles that burn loads of carbon, but they don't. Again, follow the money. Do as I say, not as I do. Now, I'm sure that Harry and Marco will say, well, we bought carbon offsets to plant trees. Please, spare me. All that is is a way to make those that spew excessive amounts of fuel with private tra air transportation, make them feel good that they're actually trying to do something. Oh, we're planting trees, so therefore it's okay. We don't have to feel guilty about it. I'm tired of hearing their bullshit. I'm tired of people telling us that climate change is going to destroy the world, that we all, if we don't get to a target of, what is it, like uh, 1.5 degrees? No, if we, don't, if we don't keep global warming below 2 degrees Celsius, then we're going to have huge problems in 10 years, 5 years, 10 years, 15 years. They always are the ones that wag their finger at all of us, yet they live their lives without a lick of change. If it's okay for them, it's okay for you. Live your life. But the problem we have today is the fact that we have an administration, a brainless, correction, brain-dead president, a group of ultra-liberals who now want to beg Saudi Arabia and Venezuela for more oil, when we have a load of oil underneath our lands in, the, in our territorial waters, loads, natural gas, oil, but yet they're not allowing oil companies to drill. Now they will tell you, well, we've got 9,000 open, open leases, but they haven't drilled on them yet. First, you have to get the lease. Then you must apply for a permit. I talked to a friend of mine in the oil and gas business in Texas. He said, don't be fooled by the leases. The lease amount means nothing. You could have 2 million leases. But if they don't allow you to have a permit to drill on that land, you're screwed. You can't take anything out. He said, I've got permits in, uh, permits that I've had in since the day that Biden took office, even before, and I can't get them approved. 
But yet, we'll see the Dems and the Libs blame the oil companies. Why should they drill? Prices are so high. He said, now it's profitable for me to drill. I will be happy. He said, even if, if oil comes down per barrel, instead of 120, 130 a barrel, it comes down to 70. He goes, I'm still going to make plenty of money. He said, 30, 40 is a little tougher. He's ready to drill. Cannot get the permits. But yet, Biden, his administration will go beg Venezuela and Saudi Arabia. It is outrageous. I just saw something this mor- uh, yesterday morning, actually, that I wanted to just share with you. Let me find this here. Because, frankly, it was astonishing in terms of inventories of oil. In terms of gasoline, we are down to, the inventory is down 218 million barrels, or 10% year over year. In terms of diesel fuel, right now the supply is 109 barrels, down 21% year to year. Normally in the East Coast, you should have an inventory level of about 17 days. Right now, the inventory level is three to four days. If there is a supply disruption, no diesel fuel, the entire economy stops. How is everything transported? How do you get food to market? How do you get products from Amazon or to your local store? How? Trucking, diesel fuel. If you don't have diesel fuel, we're really going to be in big trouble. Any way you look at it, the level inventory levels are decades low near all-time lows on day's demand basis. And I just read this other little tidbit. OPEC is running out of capacity. With the exception of two to three members, they're all maxed out. That is a brutal fact that we are going to find. And what is Biden doing about it? Is he saying to his Department of Energy or the EPA or whomever is responsible, multiple agencies for getting those permits approved? Is he saying, step on it, get them approved, let's get those pumps drilling? Not a lick. Not a one. The Democrats are going to get slaughtered. They're going to get destroyed come the midterms. Two nights ago, we saw the January 6th primetime uh, uh, committee meeting, a made-for-TV event. It was a flop. It was a bust. It was a total joke. First of all, I watched the Lightning Rangers game. Lightning now lead the series 3-2. to two. I thought after two games to nothing, I thought they were dead. In- Sergeant Steve, you will admit, I told you, they're dead in the water. You did. You said it was over. It's over. And listen, I think... Game three, they were down 2 nothing. is when you said it was over. Yeah, and think about it. The team in the NHL playoffs that are down 2 nothing, historically, I believe, have won, what, 96% of the time? No. A team that takes a 2-0 lead wins, I think, 76% of the time. No, no, no. It's higher than that. No, no, no. A 3-0 lead is... No, it was in the division finals, I think. Oh, in the conference finals? Conference finals, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They look back over okay. however many oh, years. I think it's, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was 91 and 7 or something like that. Whatever it is, it's huge. Yeah. But as they said on Dumb and Dumber, so you're saying we've got a chance. And the Lightning had the chance. They turned it around and they won a couple of nights ago in, uh, in, in New York and they play tonight. Can wrap it Tampa. up. Game six tonight. Let's, I, what did I say when they were down 2 nothing? I said, all right, so now we got to win it in six. Hey, who knows? That could happen tonight. We'll see. We will see. But when you look at what is taking place, the fact that the economy is going to hell, 
the fact that we do not have enough fuel capacity, that now we're seeing $5 pump prices per gallon. Everything has gone to shit. When Biden was elected, I said, give it a year, the country will go to shit. I was wrong. It only took six months. He's now been in office about 16 months. Royal disaster. And then when we saw those hearings, please, I was watching the lightning game, but I had one of my TVs on it, just catching it now and then. What an absolute farce, total joke. Americans right now don't give a shit about what took place a year and a half ago. They take, they, what they care about is the fact that they cannot go to a gas station today and afford to fill up their gas tank. They have to do it twice a month and wait for their paycheck to be able to do it. I was at a gas station recently. The woman in front of me was driving an SUV, small SUV, and uh, I was looking in her direction, and she kept shaking her head, and she looked at me, looked at the pump, and looked at me and said, these prices are crazy. I said, yeah, tell me about it. I said, it's ridiculous. She said, I can't even afford to fill my pump, my, my gas tank up. I've got to now go twice a month. I've got to wait for my paycheck to come in. I said, look, it's affecting everybody. It's terrible. And plus, at the, you know, the, the inflation at the grocery stores, she's like, don't even start. I said, may I ask you a personal question? You don't have to answer it. But I'm just curious, who did you vote for in the election, the presidential election? And she looked at, first she looked down and then shook her head and sighed and said, I voted for Biden. I didn't say a word. Before she could finish saying that, she said, and I regret it. I can't believe how stupid I was. She said, you know, I liked a lot of the things Trump did, but I didn't like his personality. And you know what? I believed a lot of the things that were being said by the media about him. And I decided to vote for Biden, but I'm the idiot. She said, we wouldn't have these problems. I said, you're darn right we wouldn't. I said, Russia wouldn't invaded Ukraine. Your gas prices would still be two, two and a half bucks a gallon. The economy would be fine. I said, we wouldn't have these inflationary, ridiculous inflationary uh, 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 forces on everything you buy. And I said, the moral of the story is you better vote Republican in the midterms, and when Trump runs again, or DeSantis, you got to vote. She goes, oh no, you don't need to convince me. I am definitely voting for the Republican. I don't care. I'm fed up. Great. Have a nice day, uh, ma'am. <laughs> that's what it was. But it's amazing what you can find, what, find out. Just consumer research. Just ask people. You know, that's why I say these bureaucrats, these politicians, all they have to do is go and talk to people. When was the last time do you think a politician went into the supermarket and saw how much a gallon of milk cost or a dozen eggs or a pound of bacon? You're talking over nine bucks for a pound of bacon. They are totally out of touch. And that kind of got me into my next category, my next, my next item up for bids on the prices right, as they would say. Doesn't take a rocket scientist, doesn't take an economist to figure out that the economy is going into recession. You cannot continue with the highest gas prices on record. You cannot continue with rampant inflation. If we use the same metric today to measure inflation today than we did in, in the 1970s, the way that the Fed and the government measured inflation in the 70s, the inflation rate would be over 18%. But that's bullshit. And I'll tell you why. What are the three largest single items that consumers spend their resources on? Number one is housing, 
mortgage or rent. Number two is food. Number three is fuel. Let's look at housing. If you're a renter, I don't care where you are in the country, your rent has gone up at least in the last year, maybe longer. I just talked to somebody who told me that the average, and I, I, I just read this actually, the average rent in the United States is now $2,000. Talked to a friend of mine who told me that his rent, he was paying like uh, for a two-bedroom, nice apartment, not you know super luxurious, he's paying like $1,300, $1,350 here in the Cigar City of Tampa. His lease is up, just got the renewal figure. It's going to $2,100. Now, you tell me going from thirteen, let's say $1,400 to $2,100, that's up 33%. That's not 8% that the government is saying that inflation is rising. Let's take a look at food. I've said this before many times. I used to go into the supermarket. No matter what I bought, whether it was meat, whether it was eggs, whether it was produce, whether it was... Uh, whatever my normal shopping, if I needed to pick up paper plates or garbage bags or laundry, it was always like 100 bucks, no matter what. Now, I don't get out for less than 150 160 bucks. There's 50% inflation, 60% right there. And there's another little trick going on. Sergeant Steve, do your, do your two boys, do they eat cereal? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Okay. Have you seen the boxes on the shelves at, at supermarkets of uh, cereals lately? They're getting smaller. They're getting smaller. I looked at a. I don't eat cereal anymore. I used to way back, but when you look at like even Raisin Bran, it's low to a sugar, so I just stay away from it. But I was passing by in the supermarket aisle, and I look. I'm like, that doesn't look like the normal box of cereal. The normal box of Raisin Bran. The normal box of Raisin Bran was thick. You know, it was maybe like two inches thick, something like that, two and a quarter inches tall. It was the same height, but it looked like maybe an inch thick, an inch and a quarter. They're charging more and giving you about 40%, 50% less. That is called shrinkflation. That's a little trick. Gatorade. I just saw an article uh, online. Gatorade used to come in this, you know, nice big bottle. Well, it's the same. It's gone up a little bit in price, but the bottle in, as the, towards the middle indents in. So when you look at the bottle, it looks cool. And they say, well, it's easier to hold the bottle. Well, the reason they really re redesigned the bottle is because now you get less. There's like 10 ounces less in the bottle. Shrinkflation. You cannot continue to have massive increases in rent, in food, and now fuel. Fuel has gone up. Look over since Biden took office. It's up over 100% and going higher. So you tell me, where do they come up with this 8 9% bullshit that inflation is rising? It's not. It's at least 30%, if not more. And yet, we hear these supposed experts, these Ivy League-trained economists, all these experts saying, no, we don't think the, the American consumer is in good shape. We don't think we're going to get into a recession. The economy is resilient. I saw this article that fascinated me. It was from The Sun in London. Here's the headline. I'm a stripper. We can read the markets better than bankers. Here's why we're heading towards a recession. This adult entertainer said that strip clubs were a leading indicator of economic health, saying that we're already in a recession. If you look at 
the definition of a recession, it is two consecutive quarters of decreasing gross domestic product. And GDP is manufacturing goods, anything that's produced. The woman who goes on Twitter by the name of Botticelli Bimbo said that strip clubs are an operative tool for business people, not just a source of sinful entertainment. She said that clients, uh, people take their clients there, whether it's bankers, other business people. And she said, as strippers, we always have to be aware of fluctuations in the market and how upper-class white men are behaving and spending their money. Ask any stripper we have to be aware of how rich people are going to spend their money. Stripping is betting on how the rich spend their money. She said that is far better than just a stock exchange. She said that year-end bonuses make up a large part of strip club revenue, emphasizing the connection between the venues and the condition of the market. And she said, every single stripper I know is a better trend forecaster than any finance bro or marketing executive. In 2007, she said that she knew there would be a recession because of the declining, the massive decline in business from men coming into gentlemen's clubs and spending. Leading indicator. She told all her friends the club was dead, uh, was too dead for way too long, pull their money out of stocks. Everybody thought she was crazy. She said, sure enough, those people that listen to her save themselves a huge amount of money when the stock market tanked in 2007, 2008. You don't need to be an economist to determine whether or not the health of the economy is good or bad, increasing, declining, whether in a recession or not. Perfect example, Janet Yellen admitted earlier this week, she is the former Fed chair and now the Secretary of the Treasury. Harvard educated, I believe Princeton or Yale. That means shit. One year ago, she said, well, and if you listen to how she talks, and she ta talks like this, well, I don't believe that inflation is um, nothing more than um, transitory. Um. Now, this woman's got to be pushing 70, 75. She looks like she's 175, but she talks like she's a little three-year-old. A year ago, she said, along with Jay Powell, who's the head of the Fed, saying, oh, don't worry, this is just transitory. I said a year ago, this isn't transitory. This is real inflation. And then what did we hear nine months ago? Oh, it's just transitory. It should ease up by the end of the year. They were full of shit. They knew it. Everybody knew it. The reason that Powell did not want to raise interest rates is because he was in line for a renomination to get another term as the chairman of the Federal Reserve. Chairman of the Fed. He wasn't going to rock the boat when he should have been raising interest rates a year ago to cool the economy. Instead, they were all blatantly lying, blatantly lying to the American citizens, to Americans left and right, saying, we think it's going gonna, it's gonna to moderate. Well, beginning of the year came around, and guess what? It didn't moderate. Then they were forced to admit about a month ago, oh, inflation is really hurting the American consumers, and we may have to raise interest rates. May? They've only raised interest rates, I think, once, if I'm not mistaken, up a half point or a quarter point. They should have immediately, in January, said we're raising interest rate, the discount rate, to 5-6%. The market would have tanked, but it would have started to kill inflation. How do you kill inflation? By decreasing demand. And sometimes 
The way you do that is increase the interest rate. Businesses will invest less. People will spend less. They won't take loans. It cools the economy. Most of the time, you're going to get into a recession. Last quarter, we had GDP a decline of 1.2%. This quarter, I'm telling you, there is no doubt about it. We're going to have another quarter. We are in a recession. And it's going to get a, to be a deep recession, not a soft landing recession. Janet Yellen on Thursday, continuing her blatant lies. Either she's blatantly lying or she's blatantly stupid, and probably a bit of both. During a New York Times economic forum, she was asked if the United States is likely to suffer an economic downturn. She said, quote, um, there's nothing to um, suggest that there's um, a recession in the works. Really? Last quarter, January, February, March, first quarter this year, GDP was down. You're not worried about it being down again in the second quarter for April, May, and June? Trust me, when those numbers come out, the government will do everything they can to try to manipulate them so that we don't see a second consecutive quarter of decreasing in our GDP, of economic decrease. Why? Because once you do that, we are in a recession. It's only going to get worse. The housing market is about to burst. Interest rates have more than doubled. We're going to be looking at 6 6.5% quite soon on a 30-year fixed mortgage. The Wall Street Journal on, what day was this? Was this yesterday or the day before? Let me see. I've got a great article that took, uh, let me see. Hold on a second here. I got to find this article. Here it is. Okay. This was from yesterday. Even deep-pocketed buyers are starting to back away from the U.S. housing market. Economic uncertainty fueled by rising interest rates, volatile stocks, and frothy prices is leading to a luxury slowdown with a housing bubble in Austin near bursting. If you don't think that a housing bubble is coming to the rest of the country, think again. When deep-pocketed buyers are worried and cutting back, and not spending ridiculous amounts of money on homes. Just, you know, name the price. I'll pay it. Those days are over. Long gone. And this is what happens when you have 13 years, 14 years of essentially free money. The Fed kept printing money, quantitative easing, pumping money in the stock market. They got interest rates down to zero. So the only way people could get a return on their money was to put it in the stock market. The old days... You would say, look, I've saved. I'm going to put it in, uh, in a savings account or a CD, and I'm going to get 5 6 7% or corporate bonds. I'm going to get 6 7% interest, 8%. You're getting zero in the bank. It forced people to go in the stock market. And what happens when all of a sudden the buyers stop buying in the stock market? No more buyers, just sellers. What happens? The stock market tanks. It tanked yesterday. It tanked the day before. All these clowns that you see on CNBC, which is the crap, I call it the, uh, the crap NBC network, that are saying, bye, 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 oh, we're almost at a bottom. They are full of baloney. Do not listen to them. A month ago, they were saying, well, have we, is it a good time to buy? Have we seen the bottom? And, of course, they found advisors, wealth planners that said, oh, I think it's a good time to buy. You know, for a long-term horizon, you know, uh, yeah, good time to buy. Wrong. 
I said it then, I'll say it now. Not the time to buy. Everybody wants to be optimistic, thinking, well, wait a minute, we've seen this phenomenon before. The market goes down like 10%. The Fed comes in. It's called the big put. They go in and they flush more money in, and they, they go in and buy bonds, and they'll even buy some financial stocks. And all of a sudden, the market magically starts to move up again. We haven't seen that. Why? That con game that the Fed has been playing for 14 years, that con is up. The gig is up. It is over. The free money days, gone. Good. There is no reason for this country to be in a zero interest rate environment for the last 14 years. You reap what you sow, and now we are going to be in a deep recession. It's not going away anytime soon. The Democrats and Biden even admitted, well, we're going to have to get used to rising gas prices. They're admitting to you. They are clueless. They know that they can't stop it. This is like a lead brick falling from the top of the Empire State Building, gaining speed. All right? It gains speed. It's like a giant snowball, like an avalanche. What happens? The snowball starts and gets bigger and bigger and faster and faster on the way down. That's exactly what we are seeing. Make no mistake. So if someone tells you, you know, I think it's a great time to buy stocks right now, you tell them, no, not really. People say, well, how do you know when to buy stocks? Simple, when the market stops moving down, when it starts to level and starts moving up again over a two, three-week period. Everybody says, oh, you can't time the market. Sure you can. Absolutely. You most certainly can. That's a con game being played by the Wall Street brokers, stockbrokers, financial advisors. Never take your money out, they'll say. Oh, no, for the long term. Back last November, several friends of mine were out to dinner one night. And they were telling me that their financial advisor told them, you know, they said, you know, we're getting a little worried. And I said, listen, if it were me, go to cash. I said, I'm telling you right now, we are seeing a double top, which is a technical term. Double top, economy slowing, we're seeing all the signs of inflation. And when you see rising inflation, rising interest rates, that is a precursor to a recession and a down economy. So I said, if I were you, make your own decisions. But if I were you, I would go tell your, tell your financial advisor, your broker, sell. Go to cash. Cash is a position. Doesn't hurt. See what happens. So, mm. there's Davidoff Millennium is fabulous, by the way. Mm. I feel sometimes when I'm conducting broadcast pontification maneuvers that I'm missing out on this fine cigar. So I had to relight it here, and I'll take a few puffs along the way. So she calls, or they call. It's husband and wife. They call their financial advisor and say, you know, I'm getting a little worried about the market. And I explained why. I didn't just tell them do it. I showed them. I showed them the charts. I showed them what is happening, where we probably are going to be economically, not here, but in the rest of the world as well. And they called their financial advisor, who proceeded to tell them, listen, you're in it for the long term. Don't make any rash decisions. You know, think of all the money you've made. You'll miss out. Typical bullshit line that every financial advisor stockbroker will give. They'll tell you that all the time. No, don't pull it out. Look at what you've made. Then they started talking about, well, we've got some that still have, you'll have to pay regular income. So they came back to me. I said, so what? You pay regular income. 
I said, on 75% of your stuff, you'll pay capital gains of 15 or 20%. Go to cash. I said, and I predicted, I said exactly what he would say. Exactly. And they said, Jesus, you were right, General. I can't believe it. Did they listen to me? I said, go back and be forceful and tell them this is what you want. Well, he told us this, he told us that. Their portfolio is now 30% lower than what it was when I told them back in November. Now, for them to recoup that 30%, the market has to go up like 60 or 70%. That's not going to happen anytime soon. When the market goes down, there are going to be great times to buy when there's blood running in the streets, but it's not the time yet. So when I hear these supposed financial professionals and these economists saying, oh, there's no recession, oh, everything's going to be fine, the American consumers can handle it. When was the last time these economists or these financial advisors or these supposed financial experts, when was the last time they went to a gas station like I did while filling up and talked to one of the people who was also filling up, shaking her head saying, I can only afford to fill up half my tank. I can't afford right now. At the time when I got gas last week, I think it was four seventy-five a gallon, something like that. So her car probably took 25 gallons. She couldn't afford, you know, to put in 110 bucks worth of fuel. She said, I got to put in like 45 and I've got to come back once I get my paycheck. Do you think Janet Yellen has ever gone to a gas station and asked people, excuse me, tell me, are you handling inflation okay? Is it affecting you? She would get an earful. When was it? If Biden really, or Jay Powell, was really interested in learning about what is going on in the economy, they would get out of their little bureaucratic castles in Washington. And don't give me the excuse, well, the security. If you don't tell anybody, you just go and show up. Nobody will know. Nobody's waiting for Biden at, a, uh, at an Exxon station or at a racetrack or at a Wawa, or at a Costco fuel station in, uh, I don't know, Ishpeming, Michigan. You walk in and say, Does, are, are, are these rising prices affecting you? They'll get the answer in a heartbeat. Have you had to cut down on things? Are you, are you adjusting what you're spending? They would be telling the truth. Instead, all these economists sit in their ivory castle in Washington. Oh, our forecasts show this. Our, oh, and you know what? Inflation is really rising. We need to change the numbers to make it look better than it really is. Janet Yellen, again, a PhD in economics. I can't remember. Yale, Princeton, her husband, same thing. These geniuses, she couldn't figure out a year ago that inflation was here to stay. Oh, no, it's transient, she said. And now she's saying, uh, I think there's going to be a path through this that entails a soft landing, and I don't really see a recession in the works. She's dumb, and she's delusional. There's a great quote by Art Buckwald, who is a very well-known columnist who is now since deceased. An economist is a man who knows a hundred ways to make love, but doesn't know any women. Does that about sound right with Janet Yellen and all these other financial experts? An economist is a man who knows a hundred ways to make love, but doesn't know any women. When you look at energy prices and food prices and housing prices Everything has gone through the roof. And don't give me this excuse, well, it's Putinflation. No, it's not. This started under Biden well over a year ago. If a stripper can figure it out, 
and a three-year-old can figure it out, you would think that these highly paid bureaucrats, the chairman of the Fed, the secretary of the Treasury, they'd be able to figure it out too. Unfortunately, it is far too late. The train has left the station. We are going to see continued massive inflation. We will be in a recession. The stock market is not coming down anytime soon. And I, I'm not giving you any financial advice. I'm simply stating to you my opinion. You may differ. That's fine. You may say, hey, I think it's a great time to buy now. Great. Go ahead. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But I will tell you that if you think inflation is going away anytime soon and we're not going into a deep recession, think again. We're already into a recession. Sergeant Steve, I want you to mark Saturday, June 11th down because in another, let's see, first of all, we'll have the second quarter figures uh, by mid-July. So a month from now, we will know whether we're in recession. And then in the fall, let's see if we're in a deeper recession. And at the end of the year, let's see if we're in a deeper recession. Would not surprise me to see gas prices to six, six and a half dollars a gallon. I hate to even say it, maybe seven. The Democrats are dead. They are finished. They are toast. If Biden could roll over like a little baby in the fetal position, I assure you he would do so and say, Jill, get me out of here. It's to, to put me back to my basement. I liked it better in the basement. Let, let Trump have it. And Trump would come in and wouldn't fuck around and in 30 seconds say to every driller, guess what? We're approving all your permits. Start drilling immediately. You would see a rapid turnaround. It all starts with energy. That is all. Oh, one final thing. I always seem to forget. The Cigar Dave Officers Club uh, May Selections, the Alec Bradley Spring Sampler, which uh, has gone out, that went out earlier this week, so you should have it uh, either today or by early next week. The June selection from Gurkha will be going out on time around the third week of June, so we will be caught up. If you are not a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club and would like to get three premium cigars shipped to you every month, go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, all the details there, $25.95 per month for those three great cigars no membership long-term contracts, month-to-month. -month. If you want to vary your cigar palette and increase your uh, passion for cigars, absolutely join the Officers Club. Can't go wrong. Cigardave.com, click on Officers Club. That is all for now. Look, I wish I had more better news. I would love, like we started off the show, just talking about sex. I'd love to just talk about sex and cigars and pleasure maneuvers the entire show. But unfortunately... I am repeating and reiterating the same things that are being discussed by alphas and cigar connoisseurs across the country and across the world. So we uh, share that with you, and you can be sure that if I tell you, when I give you a prognostication, I wouldn't just spew it out for the sake of it. Unlike these people on CNBC and Fox Business that say, buy now, great time to buy stocks, buy, buy, buy. Not so fast, my friend, as our good buddy Lee Corso of ESPN would say. All right, hope you have a great weekend. Sergeant Steve, let's hope the Bolts finish it up tonight and whack the New York Rangers and go to the Stanley Cup finals because, Sergeant Steve, you need another Stanley Cup championship ring on your finger. You only have two right now. You can never have enough.
That's right, Sergeant Steve. You, you, that's, listen, you got to be like Brady. You got to have, uh, you got to have uh, one on each finger. You got to have ten. So the rate the, well, the the bolts are going, they very well another seven years. You may have ten. Who knows? It's like the harem. Why stop at two? I mean, keep why going. stop at two? That's that's what I say. Why stop at two when they give you that much pleasure? Why stop at two? There you go. Well, uh, good luck to the bolts tonight. Go lightning, cigar, Dave. The general saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw brainless Biden and the Biden regime that have destroyed this country. Everything under Biden has turned to absolute garbage. It is time for a red wave, and it's coming. Stay tuned, my fellow Alphas. It is coming. Keep the faith.